Be brave enough to fight off despair. If you're a Gundam pilot, a new type, you can do it. Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta episodes 18 and 19. We have with us this week Scotty P. Since Code Fairy is set during the One Year War, do we have to stop what we're doing and go back? I think so. I think so. We're going to interrupt this season and go back for Code Fairy. We're going we're gonna to release up to episode 42 of Double Zeta and then do Code Fairy and then finish the last, I don't know, three episodes of uh, Double Zeta. And we also have with us Scarface. Who's Scarface? My Scarface? Yeah. Why am I Scarface? <laughs> He's not coked up that, that I know of. So, so the joke here was before we started recording this episode, Luke was um, was live streaming us some some was, hot coffee modifications, and we were we were fully expecting like was, steaming was, hot coffee to just like melt his face in front of I us. Was, on. I was tinkering, okay, it's it's fine. It's good <laughs> tinkering. It is what it is. You know, even though going back to this for a minute, even though Code Fairy makes reference to igloo. Even if we did go back to it, I still don't want to watch Igloo again. Have you? You've Ever. watched it before, so you're you're set. You're, you've watched it once. I'm good. You're good. You've you've done your PS2 era graphics. Listen, that let me summarize the entirety of Igloo right now. There were some Xeon people that tested out some funky weapons. They didn't help. The end. <laughs> All right, there we go. There's our Z, uh, our igloo coverage. Oh, and, and the Zuda is a rebranded version of some other earlier prototype they didn't make. The end. So there were there were three like, not three seasons. I think there were only two seasons of uh, of igloo, but it was three stories essentially. The first one was really bad. The second one was it was better. The third one was actually like verging on watchable. Is that the one with like the Federation pilot in Odessa? I, it, it, uh, I know it was called Gravity Front. Front. That's about all I remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I had checked out by then. Episode eighteen, Haman's Black Shadow. Why is it gonna be Black Shadow? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not the PC principal, but bro. They're going to answer that with context in the episode. Hey. It's not actually about about that. Have um, have any of you seen the new uh, South Park COVID episode? No, I don't want another streaming service. Post COVID, yeah, it was, I, I watched it. It was pretty good. I liked it. I, I watched like the first fifteen minutes of it. I got I got a, a free year of Paramount Plus because because I am a T-Mobile customer. This is not an ad for T-Mobile. <laughs> Where you at, dog? Wait, that's that's Boost Mobile. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I have a small note since we haven't gotten to the actual episode yet, and this doesn't fit in, any, in anywhere in the actual episode. Episode 17, which happens more or less right before this, uh, has a 
a calendar date in there, or maybe it's shown in this episode, but that happens on April 12th of 0088, so we are roughly there on the calendar. So not a whole ton of time has passed in the series thus far, like a couple of months. Maybe maybe around a month? I don't have my notebook with my episode one notes, but around a month and a half. Okay. Yeah, the, it's always hard to tell, like, how much... You know that time progresses, but it's hard to tell, like what's back-to-back days and what's when when they like float in space for a few weeks yeah and just some advanced spoilers for this episode i guess as i mean we're right about to talk about it but this one really feels like the point where the argama's spring break uh at shangri-la like basically they're limping back from the battlefield story arc is over as of basically now and now it's really starts to feel like a, a proper sequel to the larger story of Zeta. Yeah, I was I was going to mention that more for our next episode when we cover um, 20 and 21, but really starting in episodes 18 and 19, we really do see like the series starting to transition from some of that more slapsticky type comedy into more of like the oh shit, like there, there's actually, you know, things going on here and, you know, yeah, there's a lot of, um, we've talked about it on a few different episodes, but there's a lot of hatred for this series. And I think a lot of the people who hate on the series have watched the first chunk of it. A lot of people who've watched the whole thing have said, you know, the first part's not amazing, and then it gets a lot better in the back half of it. And I think that's kind of, and I can't remember exactly how many episodes there are, but um, this is kind of that turning point for me, at least, yeah. uh, when it shifts into a more... They, they still have some of the, the slapsticky stuff that people won't like, but... I think it 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 transitions fairly well. So Axis is back. Um, we we get to we go back. We haven't been there in a hot minute. Um, we learn that Haman likes the summer. But I really enjoyed that Glemmy and some guy in an elevator are talking about the weather in <laughs> space. <laughs> but Glemmy Glemmy likes to feel the harshness of winter. He's he's hard. He's a hard looking dude. He looks like a hard guy, doesn't he? No, he doesn't. Oh, uh, only if you're talking about how he's not allowed within twelve feet of a school. <laughs> uh, so Glemmy reports that he lost the Indra uh, to Haman Sama, um, and we learn that Haman is planning for an Earth invasion, and um, she is going to help out with this he's going to kind of lead the invasion mostly to for morale purposes um and i actually like this part because it, this kind of like links the uh cda stuff to me whereas like um haman really became popular with the citizens of axis through like her being like a war hero type person like she kind of like led some of the initial fights against the the AU or the Federation forces. So this is kind of like linking her popular persona that kind of led access to like be motivated. Well, this also serves as a point where if you are watching it and have lost in your mind some of the larger scheme of what's going on in the Earth sphere at this point, you know, in your mind she is through her like monologuing to Glemmy talking about how this is the right time to do this because 
um, the Titans are destroyed and the AUG's organization is in tatters. So it's reminding you, yeah, those were the other two forces they were fighting. One of them is gone. One of them is not super effective right now and kind of reminding you they all exist. They forget to mention Karaba, but I'm going to assume that they must be not big enough of a factor for her to give it to him. <laughs> the, the Argama and the other two ships of the AU, which are now destroyed, right? <laughs> Karaba is now just um, Hayato's plane and Amaro's Dije. That's It's all that's left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's not worried about that. Well, Torchica is renting office space downtown somewhere. You know, it's one of those, like, it's not even a real office. You gotta, like, pay for the little desk you get. Uh, Bell Torchica is probably an Axis agent that's just paid to distract Amaro. (laughs) Could be. Um, All right. So, uh, Haman talks about taking the Psycho Gundam to Earth. um, And she hints that Glimmy, at this point, has some sort of secret new type force. Uh, but he denies it to her and he's like, uh, okay, yeah, I don't have one. It's not, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and then she's like, all right, you can have the psycho Gundam. Um, but it's, 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 it's really weird. The power dynamic here, it doesn't seem right to me. Um, and, and I think this extends from like the beginning of the show when we see Glimmy. Glimmy is... When we first see Glimmy, he is a shitty pilot. Not a shitty pilot. He's just like a noob who's never fought in a battle before, uh, fighting under Marshima. Uh, and then he fights, a, uh, he gets his own ship and he's randomly like badass McGlimmy with, you know, fighting on. Now he's taken Gotten under his wing. And then this next part, he's like, he's basically like, it, it seems like he's playing Haman for a fool. Um, so yeah, the glummy dynamics here are just, I don't know if it's, uh, a bad writing or weird writing or, or what it's just, it's, it's not consistent with the way they portray him throughout the show. I I think the main issue, and this, I believe gets more abundantly clear over the next handful of episodes. You really, at this point, see glummy put into uh, where Char was going to be in this show. Or I think maybe in someone's mind where Char could have been yeah. in this show. Because we've we've looked at the original outline and this is not how it would have been. But right. I think if you ignore Glemmy's introduction, like let's say you get to this scene and suddenly it's Char and oh, he's working with Haman. And he's swearing, oh, no, I'm definitely working for you. I don't have a secret new type core anywhere. And then gives her a funny look and all that. You'd go, no, I bet you're not really working for her. Like, just put Char in where you see Glemmy for the next handful of episodes. And you'd go, oh, shit. Now I hate Char's counterattack, too. Well, and, and it would be consistent with his original series, right? Like, he, you know, he is... He runs his own ship. He does his own thing, and like he reports to the to the leaders, but he's not really, you know, he's he's kind of doing his own thing. Um, so in in that way, it's very consistent with the original Mobile Suit Gundam. With Zeta's, it's actually a little bit of break if you consider that. But you know, um, yeah, it's I, it's strange. I wish it was just you know what we could do is let's do a re edit, and we'll put 
a little mask on Glemmy's face and change it in the subtitles everywhere. We'll call him like Glemo Roanoke or something. <laughs> or just like Shark Lone 2. <laughs> All right. She'll, she'll that. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're done talking about the Psycho Gundam for a while now. Um, fake Asteroid. Will not come up again for a damn long while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, there are fake asteroids being caught inside the Axis hangar deck. And uh, uh, Judo is hanging out inside of one. So remember at the end of the last episode, Judo's like, I'm going to go save my sister from Axis. Uh, and I'm going to take my mobile suit and go do it. Um, so he gets out of the, the little fake asteroid. Um, and then we see uh, Plu, or Plu, or oh, Plu, 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 Plu. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, well, all right, well, we're gonna go to there. This, let's get to this in a second. Let's go a little bit further here. All right. So she jumps into a bath and uh, she she starts feeling something that makes her ache and feel good at the same time. Uh, and we all she she specifically refers to it as an ache in her heart. It's a good ache, though. It's a good ache. And we know it's judo, as she has a flashback to her battle with him. Uh, it's a it's a creepy scene. Uh, as we'll get to, uh, she is obviously a, a younger child, and we're getting bath scenes with her. But, By all right. creepy anime bath scene standards, it's not that bad. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, we we saw uh, what? Who was it? Uh, we probably saw uh, Fa in yeah. in shower scenes naked, and she was what probably fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, Fa was explicitly nude. I'm pretty sure we saw like her nipples a bunch of times, that sort of thing. She was like in a bubble bath up to her neck. Like it wasn't that bad. Yeah. For anime for like like Scott said, for anime bath Yeah. Um so she runs around in her skivvies yelling Uh and we learned that her name, uh, as we mentioned before, is El El Plo Plu. I, okay. I will leave the pronunciation to you guys. Here's all right. I think it kind of depends on the language you're speaking, how you're supposed to pronounce her name. If you're speaking in Japanese, it's uh, well, okay. Her first name is LP, regardless. Okay, it's LP. Her last name, if you're speaking Japanese, I think the Peru, I'm not Peru. good at the sound. Yeah. Peru, that's how you say it. If you're speaking English, you say pull. LP pull. Pull. Because take P-E-O and P-L-E and you put them together and what do you get? People. Now say people without P. Pull. The end. In English, if you're speaking English, that's how you say it. If you're speaking Japanese or in that context, if you want, you can say pru and they're both accurate. Because they took an English word, chopped it up, and then you're hearing part of an English word spoken in Japanese. Yep. Um, the other reason I say this is the unicorn dub, and I will not spoil anything for the one person following along with us that hasn't watched that, um, but they mention the name Pole in that series, 
and it is said as pull. Now, I know English dubs are sometimes not right, but I think this one gets it right and just pull. If you want to imagine it as P-U-L-L, go for it. I, I tell myself that the more recent dubs are a lot more accurate than the old dubs. I don't know if that's true, but I feel that way in my heart of hearts. I think uh, I think for dub, higher, yeah, but the UC ones seem to be the case. I, I would say for the higher budget ones, I think that's a, a mostly accurate statement. For like, I don't know if I would say that for maybe build divers. But <laughs> now the the build series like straight to video dubs are bad. Now build yeah. divers is way better than the two build fighters dubs. Yeah, but but. But I just mean like the level of effort they put in, there's not the continuity and things along those lines to care about. Whereas with the UC stuff, like I'm sure they have a guy that is more or less their continuity person that says, no, this is, this is the name in this episode and this episode for like stuff that's been made in the past 10 years, five years. Probably not. We probably just get lucky and have voice directors that have either worked on it or give a damn. Yeah. So, um, do you, do you want to do the the L people talk now, or where, where do you want to put this? I, I think this is maybe something. There's uh, some things later in the episode that I think maybe okay. give a better context to that. All right. So Lena and Glimmy run into her, uh, and Glimmy says that she is not a good uh, a good example of an Axis person because again she's running around mostly naked, uh, screaming her name over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, I, th- I was the impression it wasn't that he was saying that she was bad at being an Axis person. It that she was saying more like it's unbecoming of a woman. Cause you know how he's like a super old fashioned woman. I thought he was kind of trying to say like, this isn't how we all are. She's a bit. Eh. <laughs> and I think it's just, don't be like that, Lena. Yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously he didn't want Lena to be like that for sure. Um, so, Bicha and Mondo, uh, we get to see them. They are doing grunt work for Axis, and they are getting bullied by the soldiers. So they are obviously not uh, in the high position they thought they were going to be in when they betrayed the Argama. I'm sorry, Lena, or L, but they betrayed the Argama. <laughs> um, well, but, there's, a, there's a little gag that starts running here with apples, because they're carrying a big crate of apples. They get gotten basically trips beat you like whoops ha 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 look you dropped your apples he gets mad he starts throwing them at one of the other axis guys there's a point where like that axis dude it's very like looney tunes almost he catches it and starts eating it i you know it's just some little slapstick but um the apples are uh, a gag throughout the episode and they start here it's it's the same two that keep popping up all over the place that are working with god and i believe i think their names i don't know if they've said them yet but he he Play you and Nell, they have yeah. said yeah. them, but they haven't really like assigned them. Like, here's this guy, here's this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it took me till like two episodes from now to like like figure out the, their names. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was kind of annoying. And by then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, Beach and Mondo decide that their life on an axis sucks and. Uh, life was better on the Argama, and they're going to try to get out and sneak out on a transport. Um, Judo uh, runs into uh, Plu, or Pull, 
and does not recognize her, but she decides to hang all over him. Um, and then on him, Oni Chen. Yeah, big big brother. Um, yeah, it's a, it seems to be a big trend with new types. They just suddenly kind of latch on, like we're siblings now. They they're crazy. They're crazy. And I think I mean I think that's kind of. It seems like with all the cyber new types, and th- to be fair, they don't name her of cyber new type right yet. But I mean, if if a new type is crazy, it's a cyber new type. Sorry, guys. I know that's a spoiler, but anybody that's crazy and has new type abilities is most likely a cyber new type. This, I'm going to word this very specifically. This particular character, I don't know if they are ever referred to as a cyber new type, and I don't want to spoil anything, but are they? This This specific character, you know what I mean? It's very strongly hinted at in about five or six episodes. I don't know if it's explicit at any point, though. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like the way they, they train and control the cyber new types is by giving them some sort of emotional attachment that they can kind of, like, use them, use like a carrot with them for. Uh, that seems to be pretty consistent across at least a handful of the cyber new types. Uh, especially if you start with Zeta and come up to this show. Well, and also just kind of visually and what we have seen in the episode of her so far, and then her behavior here running up to someone and going big brother. It's very reminiscent of, um, that one girl in Zeta that, that four, that one, no, the one that wasn't four that they met in space that called Camille. Was it, was it Rosamia? Yes. Thank you. I forgot her name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I mean, it, this goes on to have, I, I don't know, this is kind of a tangent, but it's, uh, it goes on to ha- new, new types in general are supposed to be more in touch with their emotions and their emotional side and things along those lines. And it seems like with the cyber new types, they have more of like, I don't know, spike power abilities. So that also makes them more emotional in some ways. So like, this is my theory is that, you know, they enhance with their, their new type abilities. So their emotions are all out of whack as a result of that. Um, they go super sane. Well, and a Gundam pilot meets one and takes them to get ice cream in space. That's what happens. That's what, I mean, look at Camille and Sarah. And, and it's not the dehydrated stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I think that's really the giveaway. If anyone is in space, meets a Gundam pilot, and gets ice cream with them, congratulations, you are now a cyber new type. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually the whole like conversion process right there. It's the act of getting the ice cream. If you eat that ice cream, you're done. You're a cyber new type, and you're going to go fucking nuts in space. Yep. What's the facility that makes them? nowhere it was flanagan the flanagan institute flanagan yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. that that's like the trigger that they developed it's like all right i'm gonna train you i'm gonna put all this shit in your system i'm gonna give you medicine but once you have ice cream with a gundam pilot that's when your abilities trigger flanagan is is like filling that shit up with minofsky chocolate or something i don't know (laughs) it sheds minofsky genetic no anyway um so we do have a, a quick thing i wanted to note here because in between judo and pull meeting each other um and 
them getting ice cream, Beach and Mondo notice Judo on the side of the road because they're like on the back of this hover car that the Axis dudes got in. And then they are, the thing takes a sharp turn and they're thrown off into an apple stand. That happens after, after she, they meet, she meets them. Cause that's what I said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, well, do they recognize them or are they like, does that, is that Judo? Cause I think they don't, that kind of looks like yeah, them. and then they don't have time to think about it because they're thrown into an apple stand. Yeah, because there's like a whole set of scenes here where everybody's like passing each other, uh, and this one is actually fairly well done. I know we've commented with previous episodes, especially feeling the ones that feature Gotten, um, where they're like ADHD, like one thing, ne- next thing, one thing, next thing. You know, this one actually feels like it's very well timed comedically. Uh, yes. Where everybody like keeps passing each other is like, huh, 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 and it accelerates as the episode goes on. It's well done here. There is a lot of jumping back and forth, but it never feels weird like it does in some of the earlier yeah. episodes. Yeah, they got a better director. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, Beach and Mondo fall off the tra- their transport into the apple cart. And then uh, Pull sits on Judo's lap and makes him feed her ice cream. Um, so Judo is basically trying to find Lena. That's the whole reason he's in Axis. And uh, Pull is, you know, she knows where where Lena is, more or less. Um, and he's like, I want to go find my sister. And she's like, wait, you got to feed me ice cream first. Um, Judo's face right here, whoever did this animation absolutely nails like judo's face because he's just like what the fuck is happening to me right now judo is you gotta you gotta remember too that he has while he has fought her sort of whatever he has no idea who this is she she just like he's like like creeped out like three inches from his face and he's kind of turned and she's there and she's like what's up big brother we're having ice cream (laughs) for anyone listening that has not had the life experience of Ignoring, you know, anything about Judo and Pull's ages. It, that sees a, something in a show where, uh, or in an anime because they, they are not realistic in any way at all. Um, but if you've ever had a real-life experience of a uh, woman or a dude, whichever you know way you want to go, um, that was, like, very hyper-aggressively flirting with you and you, like, never knew them before, like, and they're just all over you all of a sudden take take it from me it is that weird and you probably want to not do like judo and just just get out just go but scotty and i are friends now so it's all good you know lane when you sat on my lap and i fed you ice cream i knew we would be (laughs) friends forever (laughs) Uh, Uh, scotty then ate the entire ice cream in one bite he just kind of throated that whole ice cream you I had to show, I had I had to show what I could do. <laughs> it was the birth of a, what, 10-year friendship, 20-year friendship? Uh, it's more than 10 years now. We're, we're, we're almost at 20. Yeah, get, yeah, we're getting close, getting close. <laughs> we're, le- we're legal. I think we're around 18. All right, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah, Lena and Glemmy in a car. <laughs> uh, Lena notices uh, Judo as well um kind of along the lines that that uh beach and mondo did she's like wait is that judo i think she she recognized him a little bit better though um and convinces they are all on the one road in axis yeah apparently yeah 
so he he can she convinces Glimmy to stop at a shop, and she's like, "All right, how do I, I ditch this motherfucker?" <laughs> I made a note about this because she sees um, a shop out of the window, and she says, "Ooh, is that a dress shop?" And it cuts to Ralph Lauren, which <laughs> very much made me giggle. Not only because Ralph Lauren is not at all a dress shop, I mean, maybe I get not not really. <laughs> What's Ralph interesting? What's interesting to me, uh, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, I don't really care. Um, but all, uh, if comparing the city that they're in right now to the city that's in the end of Zeta, that everybody's walking around in the sh their spacesuits, these are very, very similarly designed cities. And I don't know if that's on purpose or if that was just like they were reusing art or what, but they. They they hit very similarly. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was more of like they're they're cities that are not on like colonies proper so much, right? I guess Grips was so yeah. Yeah, I mean, the biggest difference is the sky, but I also see the point. It feels more confined. Where like the scenes on Shangri La and a lot of colonies, they almost purposely make them feel kind of open and wider. Yeah. Whereas with this and then the things you're referencing in Zeta, uh, like in Judo even reflects on how, oh, there's not really a sky here. It's rocks. Right. And it, it almost feels like they've lowered the ceiling of the shots so that it has more of that like sense of confinement. Yeah. Um, so uh, we learned that Paul was born and raised in Axis, um, and she tries to kiss Judo, and he kind of stops her and tells her, hey, I'm looking for my sister. I need to, you know, get this shit done. He doesn't kind of stop her. He, like, pushes her off at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, and she offers to help him and licks the ice cream off of his face. So I, got, I had a note in here about this. I get very mixed messages about the intent here. Does she see him in that kind of like platonic sibling way, which is kind of how I always read this, except for like this part where her like obsessiveness with him kind of gets into that, like almost romantic obsession thing. Like kind of like you were talking about Scotty, but it, it I don't really know what the intent was with that. And even Judo looks a little bit conflicted, maybe, and I wrote Lollicon's gum, LOL, in my notes. But this is probably just because I've read most all of the Konosuba novels recently, <laughs> and that affected... That gave me an urge to want to call someone, fictional or otherwise, a Lollicon. <laughs> so, Lena runs into Bicha and Mondo, who are dragging a bag of damaged apples. This is, this is after a wonderful moment, though. So, uh, Lena escapes the dress shop because Glemmy is busy, like holding up a dress, thinking this would look really great on Rue Luca. Yeah, his he he has not dropped that obsession yet. He has not. He has not. Uh, so yeah, then yeah, Lena's like, "Here's my chance," and uh, yep. But yeah, then it's as you she, said, she runs into Beach and Mondo. She's the worst escapee too, because she just like she starts running, gets three feet, falls down, and goes ah, and then Lily turns around and goes, "What are you doing?" And then she just runs. <laughs> Why did you bother with the whole facade if you were just going to do that? Reminds me of the Family yeah. Guy. Ah, ah. 
have the, the apple gag continues because Bicha and Mondo are now dragging a bunch of apples because that stand owner made them buy all of them, but then they like halfway, half heartedly like trade them for a car. They steal a car yeah. and they just hustle their way out of it with that. They, they specifically say, um, you can have all these for free. We just need to do something real quick. And then they just jump into her car yeah. and then drive off. Yep. Yep. And then Lena throws that dress in the trash. <laughs> she puts that in like the municipal Axis City garbage can. Fuck your dress, Glenny. Well, to be fair, she was like, this is such a waste. And then she stops in the trash. Um,. Yeah, and then uh, so th- so they steal the car and they just start driving away, and we go back to pull forcing Judo to eat more ice cream, uh, and he's like trying to just like devour it so he can get get out of this situation and go look for his sister. Um, and then we run into more situations where the car chase passes Judo and Paul, but no one notices each other aside from judo kind of saying like man the drivers and access sure are uh lively <laughs> um lena Beach and mondo all agree at this point that they saw judo as they're stealing a mobile suit so they, they drive up to a mobile suit and they're like ah let's just fucking take this thing uh, it's on a transport truck and the truck driver guess what he has a mobile suit a bag of apples ah <laughs> more apples I uh, um, I made a note here, like, how come just always people can just hop into any mobile suit and just drive it off? This is had, has to have happened enough times that someone has to have been like, you know, maybe we need keys or something. Like, literally anybody can hop into any mobile suit and just fucking we'll, pilot we'll, it off. We'll just go IBO where you have to, like, jack your spine into it, right? And also, how come every single person can just can just pilot a mobile suit? Like, just anybody, just anybody. Can it's use a it's suit. just because everybody in the shows we're watching is a new type, right? Well, it, listen, Beecha is shown early on piloting a petite MS, and he's not great at That's this. Fair. We we know, and and Mondo did some stuff on Moon Moon. Like, we know they have a cursory knowledge of of how to do this. It would be like, all right, I know how to drive a car. I'm going to get in this semi-truck, and I don't quite know what I'm doing. I'm probably going to strip the clutch or something, but we might figure this out okay. We might get going. Um, And because this is double Zeta, the mobile suit they find does not have a hatch. A hatch, yeah. (laughs) That's the one thing it was missing. Yep, so... um Glimmy threatens to punish Lena unless she gets out of this, uh, out of his suit. And in response, they step on his car. Um, and it has a hatch; it just won't close. So no, no, I think they specifically say the hatch hasn't been installed yet. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah. And it's funny too because it's like super, super, um, like already painted and has like custom logos and stuff on it. Because this is the Bawu, right? Or uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. Yes, yeah, it um, mm-hmm. it's the new one that is showing up, and it's got this like sweet like kanji like thigh thing going on. So it's like custom painted. They just don't happen to have not put the hatch in. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, it's interesting here though because they see Gotten and Beecha is actually trying to kill them in the Axis guys, and then Lena's yeah. the one that's like, "You should no, you can't just stomp on people with a mobile suit. That's not right." Oh yeah, they're pissed. Yeah, he talks they, about. Um, 
he talks about it. He's like, I'm going to shoot them. And, and like, but they don't have guns. So he's like, I guess I'm going to step on them. <laughs> and he's like, just chasing after him, trying to step on them. Yeah. Um, so the bully, you know, gotten everybody gets attacked by Mondo and Bicha and Lena sitting there trying to st- stop them. Um, and you know, that's a pretty funny scene. And then we get to, uh, pool and judo arriving at Glimmy's palace. Um, Again, this Glimmy having a palace is kind of... I mean, it goes with his his per- new persona, but it's just fucking weird. Um, this is this isn't this is Haman's. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, you're right. Glimmy has like a wing of her palace or something along those lines. I, I never took it that way. Well, he has like that whole like Victorian room with the piano and like you know floor to ceiling. Uh, bookshelves and I just I just took it as he was like assigned to Haman, so he was staying with Haman. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I, it it was I I read it a little bit differently, but it was either it's way. A, it's a fancy palace on Axis. I'm sure they have lots of rooms with lots of books and pianos. They got everything decorated with these precious antiquities they bought at the Hobby Lobby. I mean, they are set. They've got everything, all your amenities. It'll look like you live there, even if you don't. Can you imagine in 500 years we'll be living in space and still dressing like it's the 1800s? Hey, now, (laughs) Haman's bikini here is extremely, extremely, like, late 80s, early 90s. I wrote almost the same thing. I said, Haman looks so 80s. (laughs) She's got the, like, like the sunglasses that are, like, the slat sunglasses and the, oh, my God, like, the, the dual pink hair. It's it's kind of crazy. She's got the deal-with-it sunglasses. I almost didn't recognize her at first. When when they first showed her, I was like, wait, who is that? And I was like, oh, that's Haman. Um, yeah, so Haman senses someone uh, entering her palace, and she's like, that must be Shar Aznable. Um, but it's not obviously it's judo. Uh, so so oh, someone's entering me. It's Shar. Wait, no, this is some it's, other guy. it's a Shar. Um, <laughs> uh, Paul gets naked and takes a shower. And well, uh, she specifically says she's going to help. Um, she's going to help, uh, judo find Lena. And he says, I need to, she's like, I, I need, I'll help you find her. Like, I think I need to take a bath or a shower. Uh, or I think I need to take a bath. And then he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I'm going to go take a shower. She just runs off into the shower. Um, and he has no idea what she's talking about. But we know that that seems to be where her new type resonance nonsense is the strongest for whatever reason. Yeah. So Judo wanders around the palace and gets chased by some soldiers after a bit uh, and escapes to a window ledge uh, outside and um, falls into a rose bush. Uh, right in front of Haman, who pulls a gun on him. And now she is dressed like it's the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. And she, she like, my, my one comment here is, like, she seems to have aged, like, 20 years in this picture. And she just looks so much older than she did before. It's Yeah, it's like the hair and what she's wearing and how she's drawn here. It doesn't yeah, yeah. keep up. They, they also, like, it's kind of like in a few seconds, but he starts having this, like, kind of new type. I don't know if it's like a resonance thing with her, but then he like, she kind of like turns into like a demon face thing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it was kind of intentional. Yeah. Um, 
Beecha launches the suit into the air to, to chase the soldiers uh, and then uh, breaks the suit and lands it into the palace ground. So we got to get everybody together. This is one of those, like, you know, got 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 to end the episode with people coming together or something like that. Either have to separate them at the end of the episode or start bringing them together. I feel like we went way too fast on the first meeting of Haman and Judo, but we'll have opportunities to expand on it. Okay. Is there anything we should... Nah, nah, let's just keep going. Um, all right, so Judo announces that he is from the Argama and just freaks Haman out since she thinks, like, Whoa. this is a full-on infiltration from the AU. Because this, like, catches her by surprise. Because keep in mind, at first she was like, this is fucking Char. And now she's like, oh, wait, this isn't Char. This is some other random new type from the Argama? Holy shit. What are all these people from the Argama doing in my ba- in Axis? To me, she seems more confused than than alarmed. Yeah, I interpret it as um, she, she was like, um, who are you with? And he's like, you wouldn't really understand. And then she's like, no, t- you got to tell me. And she shoots at him and gives him it. And he's like, I'm with the Argama. And she's like, what? How is the Argama here? Yeah, and that's why I guess I guess I read it as like a little bit of panic because just the way she reacted was like, "Wait a second, what? <laughs> I wasn't expecting this." Um, but yeah, he 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 runs away from her, gets into a car, um, starts driving away, and then he recognizes Glimmy's ship. He's like, "That's the ship I saw in Moon Moon." But now, again, on like the chase thing and people going by each other, he takes this truck out from right next to this crashed mobile suit, and he doesn't realize that Lena, Beach, and Mondo are in that crashed mobile suit. Yeah. just passed out. So it was one of those, again, like a missed connection going the other yeah. direction, even though, oh, man, at one point they were 20 feet apart. It is. Oh, I wanted to note about that. Uh, when they were running with the mobile suit, he started jumping. And when he jumped up in the air, he broke off the handle that apparently controlled the jump. And so he couldn't descend <laughs> properly. But he just kind of was like flying through the air until he eventually crashed in front of the palace. And it's kind of what caused all the chaos in the palace that let, let Judo escape from the lawn. I think this episode starts a, a series of trends for the next few episodes of where there's always a fucking car nearby for somebody to drive whenever they need it, like right next to them. Um, yeah, so uh, Judo recognizes Glimmy's ship and um, he, he's... We see that, that the Argama is going to dump a bunch oh sorry the axis is going to dump a bunch of the asteroids out back into space basically they're 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 cleaning out the um hangar bay and they're like all right we gotta ship all these asteroids out um and judo's like oh shit i need to go find the double zeta which he uh is looking for in the hangar not not the whole not the whole sorry yeah yeah so he finds the core fighter uh, and he starts getting sucked out into space, but he gets into the core fighter just in time to not die. <laughs> um, and then Pull meets up with Judo again in her cubile. Um Tells him wh- that she knows where Lena is and says, come on, you got to play with me. I'll play with if you play with me. I'll tell you where your sister is. Um, so 
he flies away, uh, but Eno and L dis- dis- uh, kind of distract her at this point. It's so not he c- L. It's not Eno L? And, it's Eno and Millie. Oh. It's hard to tell who they are with their masks. Millie's the, helmets the glasses one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I should know better. I'm just used to L and Eno going around together. Come on. <laughs> Don't get used to it. That ship doesn't set sail. <laughs> um, so, uh, Pool gets pissed and new type auras everybody. Like, she, she does the whole, like, glowy rage new type thing uh, and attacks all of the core fighters. Yeah, um, and she's, she's attacking with the funnels. And this is actually a great time for me to mention... The difference between her Cubelay Mark II and Haman's Cubelay, which I guess we could retroactively call the Mark I. The Mark II is a different color. <laughs> and also, it has two more funnels. That That's all. So how many does it have? Like 20 funnels or something like that? It's got a lot. Um, it's like... I want to say that it's 10 on the Mark II and 8 on the original, but I could be off by a little. I, I did not look it up, and I'm not going to click through right now. But it's, Just it's go pick up, like that. pick up your Gunpla and count. Do you see it behind me? That's like the other side of the room. I'm, I, <laughs> we're good. Yeah, I do see it behind you, Scotty. And um, it's like a Build Divers one, so it might be a little different. Okay, fair enough. Um yeah, so Judo tells her to stop, or he's gonna he's gonna get mad at her. I'm gonna get mad at you, little sister. Um, and then Judo new type auras. He like does his Super Saiyan charging, uh, and and he halts her attack so that they can merge into the double Zeta. Um, Judo tells Pool that she shouldn't be killing people or, or piloting new type or po- po- piloting mobile suits, and this is all like psychic communication i think um and then when she sees the double zeta she gets pissed and attacks um but judo manages to just blow away most of the bits that come at him pretty easily uh pool gets mad and cries and flies away saying that glimmy will comfort her Uh. (laughs) yeah the face that scotty's making right now let's let's go ahead and finish the episode because there's like we're almost here. I have Basically. one sentence left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Judo is freaked out uh, that she, that, that Paul was the pilot. Um, and he decides he is going to head back to access, access with the double Zeta. And the episode ends. So let's talk about this. Cause it's the only time I think that really works. And, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I don't want to come off as someone that has, like, done research or, you know, dug through things or and is going to give some great new opinion on this. I'm not. Just go ahead and be forewarned. All I've done is probably read the same things most of you have, listened to the same things most of you have. Um, so there is some question as to the actual, like, factual why is LP Pull's name LP Pull? And there are, it seems to be like two conflicting things now that maybe they don't conflict right. Maybe they are both true. And it's just 
one reason is what was told to someone and one reason is what was told to someone else and they were different staff members and they both had something in mind or anyway uh, the competing ideas if you want to even call them that two theories of why her name is what they are one of them i know the source was an interview with either it was either with tomino or someone on staff again i don't have like my sources ready i didn't do all that um I want to say it was an animage or animage. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Could be again. Could be wrong on that. Uh, but basically, Tomino wanted a character that had a name that was uh, based on like L people or elf people, fae people, fairy people. That was the general idea. Um, if you look at some of his other works, uh, like around the time, uh, for instance, if you look at Dunbine, there are little fairy people in Dunbine. Uh, this is not uncharted territory for him and then if you look at how Paul behaves in this episode it's very much freewheeling you know free Tink spirit Tinkerbell-esque uh, yeah yeah and then even just look at the cubile right you got you, you've now taken Haman's fearsome looking thing and all you've done is repaint it but you've repainted it like purple and pink now it was already white and pink, but still, I mean, it's and, and maybe dark blue, but it, it's more of a I think whimsical color scheme. I think it's also better space camo than what Haman's flying around in. But you know, hers looks like, better in my opinion. Yeah, so that seems reasonable. Now the other thing that to me is much more unfortunate, but also seems reasonable, is that her name is an homage to Lollicon Hentai Magazine, Lemon People. Like L and then people. Um, Not ideal. No. I, so, I I will say, Tomino, we have commented for all of our episodes that Tomino is a misogynist does not do women characters very well in general uh, and does especially younger women dirty uh, for, for de different reasons. But I don't, I don't buy the, the lollicon hentai portion. Right. I, I will say there are, um, there's another podcast out there similar to this one, but uh, much more professional <clears throat> that has a long segment about this um, that you might want to check out. I think it's reasonable and it's, I, I would note that I don't think it's attributed to Tomino. It's, I want to say attributed to possibly Endo or someone else on the staff. Um, not, and not him uh, directly. So, uh, and if you look at, this is why I wanted to bring this up when you made the comment, and this is kind of where I had written this down in my notes, when she's running off saying how uh, Glemmy will console her. And then you see earlier behavior in the episode uh, that is very unbecoming of like a 10-year-old, right? Like licking something off of someone's face. You should be old enough to know that you don't just do that, but you're not old enough to do that if you're trying to be suggestive, right? It's one of those things. Uh, and then she's sitting on Judo's lap, play with me, jumps on him. Nothing is ever explicitly like sexual, except her like trying to kiss him. 
right and looking stuff up his face that that's pretty close to it but everything else is more playful young girl haha uh but there's just enough there to make you go and eh, it's a little that's un, it's just uncomfortable enough and then also uh some later material ancillary material for this does suggest that glemmy's relationship with pull is exactly as creepy as you feel like it probably is when you watch this episode yeah it's she's probably familiar with things you would not want any 10 year old on earth to be familiar with so i don't think it's far-fetched what i also think is possible is that it maybe someone on staff did that as a joke for the lulls even if they weren't into that kind of thing maybe they were um and then the excuse they gave tomino or the reason was something like well yeah this is you know how you said that thing about elf people or fae people or fairies well here yeah. look at what we came up with for this character so uh it's one of those where maybe one day someone will have the answer uh but in the meantime nah. eh. <laughs> Just look. I think we're getting farther away from it ever ever being truly understood. Yeah, he's in like what his mid eighties now. He's not going to cop to that. Well, and again, as I said, if the dude even ever knew, like, Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I I don't like what Tomino has done with a lot of characterizations, with a lot of situations involving younger children in general. I don't like the way he treats a lot of the women characters is two dimensional. Uh, I just, I, I think this is an extension of him kind of, and in other ways it's, 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 it's double Zeta, right? Double Zeta is more silly. Double Zeta takes things a little bit to the extremes in some cases. And I think this is just a, uh, I think this is an extension of that. I don't think that uh, he is intentionally making an homage to lollicon hentai stuff. I mean, it's possible. I don't know what hentai he reads. Or the staff read. <laughs> I, it could be staff person. I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it, the other the other thing that I was uh, kind of didn't get a chance to get at when, before we started in the like content of the episode, episode, episode. But the when you look at like when this episode came out, it was in June of 88. And when it would have been written, you know consider the timeline a couple of months prior to really get into the nitty gritty of, of making this happen. And if you look at the earliest production stuff for Char's counterattack, that's on roughly the same time frame that that starts popping up with dates and things. And what, what that kind of hints is that, um, and just the direction of, the show from here forward, like where it really starts to curve with this episode. To me, it really jumps out as if I had to pick an episode where it was okay. Now Shar's counterattack is happening and we have a much better idea of what we're doing. Maybe it didn't happen right here, but it really like bears fruit right here, I think. And that's another thing where it could be something where it is some, staff member that shouldn't be making decisions on character names got to because the director was off busy getting his film project greenlit and it's just all in place at this point and someone goes sure run with it 
Well, we've also seen, uh, I think we've mentioned this before too, like some of the interviews with Tomino, he, he talks about specifically making stupid names to see what the, the studio that would approve. Too. It could just be a troll. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. There's some options. Um, we, uh, well, people is Spanish for the people. There we go. The people. You heard it here first. Episode 19. Pull an axis. So, Bright is pissed that Judo has not come back with the double Zeta yet. I mean, I'd be too. It's like the centerpiece of their military right now. <laughs> yeah, but Eno and Millie are back in their core fighters. Yeah. Yay. Um... The argument deployed a ton of dummy asteroids that is making Axis's life harder. Um, but it was probably Judo that actually did this from from his self. But they, they think it's Argama, so we'll go with that. Um, but Judo is hiding in an asteroid. Well, uh, no, this is just what we saw at the end of the episode with them dumping them out. At the end of 18. And that was someone's... just those because they because they were like the people on axis was like oh this is fucking miserable so i thought they well, had maybe deployed more no they, but they don't blame the argument at any point and we even see the two zaku two pilots going who the hell put all these dummies out here yeah why did they do this and you know haman does as well and i i also mentioned uh what two minutes ago it feels like this is when some things in production were flipping. So maybe this is a meta joke. Someone came in and went, why did we do all these episodes with dummy asteroids? I mean, it, it's been a thing. Like they, they made sure they explained dummy asteroids early in the show and, and now they're continuing to do it. They're like, yeah, we, we made this technology. Let's continue to follow up on it. Um, so Haman leaves Axis and uh, Glimmy leaves to go search for the double Zeta. Um, Glimmy also asks Beach and Mondo about Rue Luca. Very tense, like almost hostage kind of situation. And Glimmy's like, let me, let me ask you a really important question. What do you think about Rue Luca? Do you think she likes me? What's, what did she like? It was pretty funny because he had like it was like the whole traditional like interrogation scene where they're at the desk and they've got the light over him and he's standing over me like throw, slams his hands on the desk and leans over and he's like, "What do you think about Rue?" And so they're like, "What? Do, do you think she likes uh, uh, men, men boys, man boys, man child?" Uh, and they're like, "No, actually, she probably wants to fuck judo." Uh, and this pisses Glemmy off. This is like Glemmy's theme for the rest of the show is, uh, Beach and Mondo have set Glemmy on a mission to get revenge on Judo for taking his, his, uh, love of his life, um, who is not Lena or Paul. Um, so Judo gets into Axis once again and tells soldiers that he has brought the double Zeta as a gift. So they're like, he shows up in the hangar bay and they're like, oh, they pull guns on him. And he's like, no, 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 no. I hear, I'm here for you guys. This is yours. Take it. You know, I come bearing a gift. Yeah. These two droids. <laughs> um, yeah. So. So they, he gets taken in front of Glemmy, right? Yeah. 
Glemmy's like, hey, you came here to defect. And then Glemmy learns who he is, and he goes, you are in every way a dangerous element to our forces. <laughs> no, this we can't have you. And Judo says, why? And Glemmy has a wonderful line. He says, ask your heart. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it's funny when Judo's talking to the soldiers and everybody, he's like, you know, the Argama treats everybody badly. It doesn't give ba- bonuses for dangerous fights. Um, and yeah, and then he tells Glimmy his name and, um, you know, thanks, PJ and Mondo, but you have ruined uh, Judo's chances of not going straight to jail. Well, that was one foot in the grave. And then the second one is that Pull enters and is like, oh, what's up, Judo? And of course, Glimmy seeing this 10 year old in a certain way says, Oh, he is a ladies man. Like he yeah. said, <laughs> throw him in the brig. And honestly, look, judo is a Gundam pilot. It's about time he got put in a brig somewhere. Yeah. Yep. So pull begs Glemmy to, to free judo. Obviously he won't do that. Uh, and he, he makes a comment that judo broke the Saikamu system. And I think that probably hints back to the last episode when Judo like destroyed the bits and everything. Um, and I think there's a, a mention in another episode or two where like the Saikamu system is overheated uh, because of Judo. So they don't really get into it much, but there's there's hints that like the Saikamu system can only handle so much. Yep, we don't have Psycho Frame yet, so yep. they can only do so much with their computer things. And we also have Glimmy talking about Rue in here, learns that she's the Zeta Gundam's pilot, and yeah. And she, so Rue is off in space right now in the Zeta, and um, like Glimmy's like yelling for her, and she senses this. Like you get a, get a little flash of Rue being like, huh? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, poor Glimmy. Yeah, but that's is when... Well, anyway, uh, Pull runs off and calls Glimmy Baka. That's the only reason I wrote that down. Um, so then you have the stuff with Rue, and that basically is just an excuse to cut us over to her. She's inside, guess what, a dummy asteroid with L, who is in the Mark II. And, yeah, they are hiding out near Axis. Yeah, I guess they need more pilots, so L is, L is a mobile suit pilot now. Um, Beach and Mondo are tasked to repaint the double Zeta into Neo Zeon colors. And they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. Why don't we just steal it and go back to the Argama? Uh, because, you know, last episode, they're pissed off and wanted to go back. Well, they still want to go back. Um, Judo is pissed that he has been arrested. Uh, and here's Lena, Lena playing the piano. And, think, and well, he doesn't know it's Lena. But he hears the piano being played. He's like, huh, I should have gotten Lena piano lessons when she was growing up. Pull shows up in the, uh, what is it, the, the air duct and uh, says, let's play, big brother. And he does by tying her up. Well, he says, okay, as much as you'd like. And then we cut to post-coitus where now he's got, I mean, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> we cut to uh, after he has tricked her. And he now has her tied up in cuffs and gagged. Yeah. yeah definitely definitely not anything dodgy there. Um, 
So yeah, uh, Paul is pissed and says she was going to take him to see his sister uh, after he's already gone. Um, and then we flash to the Argama really quick. And we learn that the Argama has 20 minutes until it can fire its, was it the Mega Beam launcher onto, uh, at Axis. Mega Hyper Beam Launch Cannon. They are targeting Axis's engines. Did they say engines at this point? Yes. Okay. I know they mentioned it later. I just didn't remember if they said it at this point. Yeah, and they are, what the reason they mention this is that you're really hearing that like Bright is wanting L and Rue to make it back with Judo before they fire. Basically, they're right. going to do it, and they just need to make sure they're back and not in the way. It, I, I, I can almost imagine now, like nowadays, what was that shirt, 24? This <laughs> this would be 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, they were really cutting back and forth a lot, and, and you could see the, like, kind of pressure on Bright's face where he's like, I, I don't want to have to shoot them, but I will. Uh, just as Scotty said, it was it was kind of kind of an intense moment. It was pretty interesting. Um, so Judo climbs through the air vents, um, but and and makes it to where Lena was, but Pull manages to uh, get out of her uh, restraints and get to Lena and take her away before the pan uh, from the piano before Judo can get to her. Um, and then meanwhile, we see Rue and L about to attack Axis. And we learn that the mega launcher that L is piloting can shoot four times. So guess what, guys? We're getting four shots. You know what? I wrote down that'll probably come up again. Guess what? It doesn't. Oh, they, 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 so it shows her shooting. I think I counted the, the amount of times she shot in this episode. <laughs> I didn't count them. But I'm pretty sure it was like three. They never got to. Yeah, that. they There's never. Only one more. Yeah, they never said they never had a situation where she pulled it and couldn't fire again. Um. See, see, this is the, this is the level that we are. See, this this is where I have to give Tomino props as a master troll, because we've watched so much of his stuff for the last couple of years. Then now, when we hear something like that, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah uh-huh. you just can throw that in there. And it's going to matter later. And and sometimes it doesn't. And that's what's so hard about it to watch sometimes is you don't know what is important or not until it is. I bet you like episode 37, it matters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they won't tell us why. They're just I don't like, have any more shots. You have. To oh, remember. wait, you shot four times, didn't you, asshole? Listen. Right now, right now, Gundam lore in the anime, you have to remember forever that the Mega Rider has four shots. No one will mention it ever again, even in an unrelated spin-off sequel. Until we get the Mega Rider V2, which got an extra shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the first Mega Launcher shot blows up the hangar bay door to Axis. Uh, and Rue hangs out outside to fight off the enemy suits while L goes inside Axis. Judo tries to catch Beach and Mondo in the double Zeta. Um, and Glimmy thinks Judo is piloting it uh, and runs after it. The, so, the, so, the, this is a pretty funny scene because uh, Beach and Mondo are like not good at piloting the double Zeta. So they're just kind of like slowly walking 
Yeah. And Grimy is just like also slowly walking behind them. And he's like, I'm, I'm coming after you as they just kind of both slowly walk at an even pace. Yeah. And like judo gets on Glimmy's shoulder and is like floating along with it. And, um, and again, Glimmy thinks that judo is the pilot, not beach and Mondo. Um, and then Glimmy knocks, uh, like he bumps into the double Zeta and judo flies and hits the double Zeta. Um, and, Glimmy's like, oh no, th- fuck this guy. And he like pulls out his beam saber, I think it was, and he's about to just like slice Judo in half with that beam saber. And L uses her second shot uh, to uh, blast another hole into a wall uh, into the hang- into the hangar that they're in, um, and and save Judo. Uh, so they fly around and I, like my comment here was like, Elle is actually being a competent pilot. Like I, like again, <laughs> they randomly give people like really good piloting abilities. Like she's doing pretty well. So I um, realized they killed off all of their pilots and <laughs> Seda and then we found I went, by the way, we're still making the Mark II gunpla. Can you put somebody in that? Uh, pretend Shit, she we had could. time in the simulator. <laughs> we shouldn't have killed Emma. Um, yep, so uh, Judo kicks Beach and Mondo out of the double Zeta and basically pushes pushes him to El's Mega Launcher. Um, and Pool shows up and stops Glimmy because she wants to play with Judo some more. Um she is still holding Lena hostage and basically says, Judo, come and get her if you want her. Uh, but you got to play with me first, big brother. Um, L threatens to blow up the port with the Mega Rider. And uh, Glimmy kicks it with his Bawu and leaves L to the rest of his forces. He does something with like the back wing pieces of the Bawu that I'm not sure it can actually do. Yeah. It was but, weird. It like yeah. launched launched like a like a core fighter from his back the thing can split into two but like when the it nutter, does that, no, not the yeah the nutter right yeah but when it does that like it doesn't look like a mobile suit anymore this just looked like it yeeted the wing stabilizer yeah. things i almost feel like an animator got the wrong idea about how this was a combining suit and they did it and then they like ran out of time for broadcast <laughs> or something and said no one's gonna notice that for uh 33 years just keep going (laughs) yeah it was really random i was like wait what is that and does it come back to him it doesn't come back to him i don't know what look he yeets something and okay um yep so rue is fighting a ton of suits outside of axis and is actually doing a pretty competent job of like fending everybody off like I, I think Rue is probably, like, the one actually trained pilot um, in all of these forces. And, and you know, she's she's showing it for what it is. Um, and she even, like, punches one's face off, which was pretty cool. She just, like, no, knocks its head off. <laughs> um, and Listen, she makes... Rue is kind of the best girl. In yeah, the- she is in, in multiple ways. Um, and she, she even says that she's falling in love with herself. Um, so it's, that's, you gotta be reminded Anaheim crazy, right? 
It's that little reminder. Well, I, I, I mentioned here, hopefully we don't have another Shara soon on our hands. <laughs> she's, gets, she's getting there. Don't, don't give her the Mega Rider. <laughs> um, so Pull and Judo tussle and land in a playground uh, in Axis. Uh, and there's some kids that are like, they're not really as scared as they should be that two mobile suits that are fighting just landed like 50 yards from them. They're like, ah, look at some mobile suits. Um, Judo has to do something very uncharacteristic and be the adult in the room and be like, oh, okay, uh, crap, we're going to squish them. Like, so so I will say um, about that, the, the Judo being the adult in the room comment, like Judo is the most relatable mobile suit pilot that oh. we've had. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It was not a knock. He, yeah. He he is often the person that says what the other pilots would just sit in the corner of a room and cry about. Um and we'll see this even in like the next episodes that we cover. Like Judo does things that he should do and other pilots should have done. Uh, and we'll get we'll get there. But um yeah. So Pull smacks the shit out of Lena and is mad that Judo only wants to save Lena, according to him. Um, Judo is like, no, it's I I want my sister, but like I don't dislike you. Like I think you're a, a great person. Like, but you know my priority is to save my sister, and then I'll play with you. Um, and we need to get away from all these kids with these mobile suits because this is not a good situation. Um, and when Judo goes to hug Lena. Pull goes and you type crazy. This part's weird. Yeah. She gets she like lights up like she is storm from the damn X-Men or something. Here. I was saying she I my comments were she pushes him away with her Super Saiyan powers. Yeah, I had Super Saiyan written down a bunch of times too. I thought it was a really weird representation of her of her like I think you used the term spike spike power or something earlier, but yeah, I thought that was kind of it, it was very reminiscent of like uh, when when uh, four I think went crazy in the Psycho Gundam uh, and had like the new type waves flashing out of her and they've ended with it with, with pull a few times but this was like it was taking it to the next level of new type power charging. Uh, this is again like the thing that with the Beiwu a few minutes ago. I feel like someone got some notes and maybe went in a little strange of a direction with the animation and you know, we're, we're stuck with it. It, it. It's a little strange. I think it's supposed to be like for calling the psycho Gundam, but it's, yeah, it's got a little extra level of strange. Yep. So she goes out of control and launches a bunch of, uh, bits and missile. Is it missiles or is it bits? Cause I, that is the that machine is only armed with those funnels. Oh, and a couple beam sabers. But okay, yeah. yeah. So she she launches a bunch of uh, of funnel funnels and just starts wrecking the city. Um, and Judo is trying to make her stop, but we get this scene where just the city's being destroyed. People are getting blown up. Um, and this this really is. I mean, we talked about it with the last episode, but this is where. Uh, to me, Zeta starts hitting like the serious strides, and you start going back to the kind of classic uh, "war is hell." Gundam is an anti-war thing, showing like 
these people like people die and, and things along those lines it, it it still manages to keep its tone but like the this is the beginning of that yeah this isn't the lighthearted show that we were um leading up to with all the character development um lena says that judo will despise her it will despise pool if she kills too many people and this kind of forces pool to calm down um and and this is the point where we see again the saikamu breaks and overheats and she can't pilot the cubula anymore um it's it almost here is it's as if it's implied to me but it's never directly stated in the show that he's almost hit a trigger phrase of some kind and saying, I will despise you. Yeah. It, it's almost like that's something that, you know, when she hears it from whomever is doing her cyber new type brainwashing, it's the stop what you're doing. You're doing something wrong. And he sort of accidentally seems to hit on it because there's a whole lot of blah, 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 blah before that. Yeah. Yeah. And she's obviously killing people left and right. And that doesn't stop her. So, uh, Glimmy shows up and takes, uh, Paul and Lena away. Um, oh, and she, she mentions though, that the Saikamu won't work. So maybe the easier explanation is Judo just overloads her Saikamu again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Glimmy takes Paul and Lena away. Uh, and then L and company are trying to leave Axis when they see Judo flying and trying to chase Glimmy down. Um, the Argama is still engaged in combat and orders everyone to retreat. And the Ar- Argama aims its me- mega particle cannon. That's what this one was, is the mega particle cannon at the Axis engine. Uh, so Judo does not realize that he's specifically, they're specifically aiming at the engine. Uh, so he gets in between the mega particle cannon and Axis and tells Bright that he should not be firing. Um, and we kind of get this back and forth where he basically says, you know, where, who are we trying to save if you're going to fire on a colony and, and kill a bunch of people? Are, are we the good guys if we're doing that? Um, and, uh, right when you think he's making a point, uh, L and Rue pull him out of the line of fire and Bright's like, should I do this? Yeah. Fire. Uh, fires on Axis, a big boom, and we get a comment from Bright saying that he thinks they avoided damaging the civilian block of Axis. Yeah, I put down here, so Bright, you know, he's saying, well, we know about civilians, but we're going to save more lives doing this. But you can still tell he's not maybe convinced of what he's saying. And then yeah. it happens again when he's saying, oh, yeah, direct hit, no damage to the residential block. But let's go. Is does he really think that, or is that what he's telling himself? It's not really clear to us. the 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 way I read the comment and the body language that they drew him with, he, he did not seem that he convinced himself. It seemed like he was trying to talk himself into it uh, to to justify his decision because he knows it's a hard decision. Yeah, um, he he knows war is hell. He's been living it, but yep. this is. I think there's a there's some not immediately after this, but some very good bright stuff content in the remainder of the show, and I think we're going to see him kind of grappling with some of these things. Where for him, a lot of these very wartime 
decisions that would be difficult, like where we see with Judo, who is a uh, not a veteran soldier like Bright, saying we shouldn't do this. He's very, very conflicted, whereas Bright is almost easily like, no, that's the target. Fire at it. And, and we're going to see more of him being kind of questioning himself. We, we have to also have to keep in mind that, that Bright has seen Axis drop a colony on Earth. Bright has seen Axis... They didn't do that yet. Huh? Not Axis, sorry. Uh, Xeon. Right, right, right. Yeah, sorry. Not Axis, but uh, he, he has seen damage on a global scale. He, you know, he has seen lots of death. And he knows, like, like if, if there is a, a, an argument for, you know, killing people now will save lives later, I think Bright is probably one of the people that's been front and center for that in some ways. And his decisions have, you know, either led to more lives being lost or saved. Um, yeah. But hey, anyway, at the end, they all come back and Bright throws Judo, Bicha, and Mondo into the brig with Chara. Kara. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. And Judo mentions that he's pissed at all adults. <laughs> He hates all. He hates all adults, right? Yeah. Yep. So th- this these two episodes, really, episode uh, nineteen is really the beginning for me of the turn of Double Zeta uh, and, and its tone and everything. And I think this is really where Double Zeta starts to shine as a show. Like, there's lots of good stuff before this, uh, and like. But this is where it kind of hits that gun classic Gundam like mantra for me. Yeah, I, I think if you really enjoyed Zeta, tried to watch Double Zeta at some point, and you just could not get through the first whatever episodes it is for you eight, ten. Look, everyone's busy. I get some, you know, sometimes asking someone just bear with it. Not everybody's going to want to do that, nor should nor should they if they don't want to. But I think if you drop this one early on and you're still listening to us, just maybe, you know, what does really happen in that one? I never watched it. Uh, if you couldn't stand it early on, I think episode 18 is a great jumping back on point. And, you know, you just have to accept, okay, there's a bunch of new characters and we dropped Camille and Four off somewhere. But otherwise... The Argama was doing something for a couple of months while they regrouped after um, the battle at, at Grips. And and there you go. It kind of drops you right back into the central conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first 15 or so episodes could essentially just be like a side story in some ways, whereas like this is, you know, the con- this is like the the spiritual continuation of double of Zeta at this point, I think. And that will go into like even the next set of episodes where we'll talk about them soon. It truly will be a double Zeta. Yeah. All right. You guys have anything else? No, I got, I got a cup of water. No, I don't think so. I drank all of my water and Luke's face still isn't on fire from coffee. So. Yeah, my, my thing, I made coffee while we were doing this. It worked just fine. <laughs> uh, 
All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will check you again in two weeks. We will cover episodes 20 and 21 of Double Zeta. Uh, Until then, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.